You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M today. Who are the Mount Rushmore's? of Texas A&M football. Now, that could be a lot of different things. It could be a coach. It could be an executive. It could be a player. It could be just a name. But who are the four? I got my four, and I think that you know probably three of those four. We'll be discussing that on today's show. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. As always, for all of you joining the show, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Before I go any further and talk about the actual subject today, which is the Mount Rushmore thing, I do want to talk about the new commitment of Eli Holstein for the 2023 class. I don't think we're getting paying enough attention to that. I don't. Because... I've talked to some people around the realms of recruiting and he's a name that can only continue to develop and possibly be the number two prospect when all this is end up because they all think that Arch Manning is going to be number one. This also likely means that Arch Manning is not coming to College Station and that's okay because I do think that while you could say that'd be awesome, there are some other areas where you need some players and With the quarterback battle that you have ahead, especially with Arch Manning, the biggest thing for him is, does he want to sit and learn for maybe a year or two? Or does he want to be right in the competition right away and start? If he wants to be in the competition right away and start, Alabama's out. Or at least I think they are. I would say that Texas A&M is out. I would say that Ohio State's likely out. There's a few spots where he's not going to just go and play right away because of the talent that they have there. Ole Miss would be available. Tennessee, where his uncle Peyton went, would be available. Or LSU would be available, and he is from Louisiana. So again, all those make a lot of sense. They do. But Eli Holstein, people were saying could be the number two prospect for 2023 when this is all said and done. And he committed to Texas A&M earlier this week. I think it was on Saturday or Saturday or Sunday. Either way, it doesn't really matter. To get him now is showing what Jimbo Fisher's whole plan is. And that is to make Texas A&M a QB factory. Because you don't go out and just get five stars willy-nilly. And a lot of five stars, you have to convince to sit and learn. You want to know who does that? Who tells five stars, hey, you're an amazing player. Let me make you an elite one. You sit for a year. You learn the system, you battle it out, and then you start. Nick Saban does that. Dabo Sweeney does that. When he was here, Urban Meyer did that. That's what Jimbo Fisher is doing. 
Because going into the season, there's a really fun quarterback battle ahead. Zach Calzada and Haynes King. Again, pocket passer a more versus a more mobile guy. One is accurate as all hell. The other one, less accurate, bigger arm. What are you going with? But you also have Eli Stowers in the building. He's part of 2021. Dual threat guy. Can move really well. Can maneuver. Can break out. Can run if need be. Has a pretty good arm. But you also have Connor Wingman. Wingman is the wild card. Because according to 24-7 Sports, he is a top 10 player. He is one of the best quarterbacks going into next season. He's a five-star recruit. Uh, grading out with a 98.45. He lives in Cyprus, so really right up the street for me. Nationally, he is the number two quarterback in the country. He's the number 36 player in the country. In the state of Texas alone, he's number eight. So that just shows how deadly and dominant Texas is at you know playing the sport of football. They're, they're, they're all top 10. He's the number eight player in in the own state. In his state. Top 50 player. Top 40 player. Number 10 in his state. He's going to a Athletic build. Good arm. Great production at Brisbane High School. When you look at his numbers over the past two years. He's thrown each season for over uh, 2,500 yards. Last season he threw for 3,800 yards. 42 touchdowns against 11 interceptions. He also added 9 rushing touchdowns on the ground. He also added a 581 rushing yards so he can move. 6 foot 5 frame. 220 pounds. Guy's got size. Guy's got uh, accuracy. Guy's got big speed. Can play as a runner. Great player. But then you have Holstein. Holstein is likely going to finish as a five-star. Because again, the, 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 the final outing has not done until going into their senior year. So he could, he's going to end up as probably being a five-star. You're now recruiting five-stars left and right to where going into this season, everyone was questioning the quarterback position. Well, can Calzada be the guy? Is Stowers going to be able to make a jump? You know, he's got the legs. Is Haynes King really great as advertised? All that's fine. None of it matters after this year. None of it. Because King or Calzada or Stowers has to prove they can be the guy. Because ultimately, one is going to transfer. I'll tell you that right now. One is going to transfer. If Wingman goes through with his commitment, he is going to transfer. Without a doubt, he is going to transfer. One of them is. Don't know if it's Stowers, don't know if it's King, don't know if it's um, Calzada, but one of them is. Maybe two of them are. When Holstein gets there. Maybe two. Because again, you watched when he was at Tallahassee, Jimbo Fisher bringing five-star recruits left and right, left and right, left and right, bringing quarterbacks, these five-star, these top-tier names, and they never really became anything because of they always had a guy ahead of them. That's what you want is the competition. And while it stinks for a guy like Calzada or for Stowers or for King or for even Holstein, the fact that you're getting a commit two years early shows one you are serious about finding the position and two this is your ultimate goal is to build the quarterback in the NFL today if you do not have a solid quarterback 
I mean a solid one. Because I'm not going to say an elite one. Because in my opinion, there's maybe six elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And even though two of them have won uh, Super Bowls in the last two years, that doesn't really mean much. Nick Foles won a dang Super Bowl. But if you're a solid quarterback in the NFL, you have a shot to win. That's now transitioning over to college. You have to have the right quarterback. Don't believe me? Let's think about it. Mac Jones was the highest completion rating passer in the NCAA. Won a national title. Joe Burrow broke almost every single record along the way to win a national title. But for him, you had Trevor Lawrence, the up-and-coming greatest college quarterback prospect we have ever seen win a national title. Before that, Jalen Hurts started for part of the year. Jalen Hurts started for most of the year. Tua Tagovailoa came in in the second half. And Tua time is going to be known in Tuscaloosa for a very, very, very long time. Get the quarterback right, you have a shot to win. And with Jimbo Fisher, he's not playing around. He's not going to let themselves have a three-star because they have their guy right now. Because if Haynes King is crushing it and he's got three years left, now they're going to add some competition. And to get Holstein's commitment right now, right now, shows that that's where you're going. And that's the direction you're trying to build your team. Get the right quarterback. If that means you got to strike out with a few of these five stars, so be it. But get the right quarterback. And don't wait. Plan on getting the right quarterback. He just did that with Eli Holstein. That's exactly what he just did. You know what I hate? Spending money on stuff I don't need. And one of those biggest parts that you do is when you are going to an auto parts store, and you have to pay in a shipping fee, an installment fee, and a processing fee, when you could do it yourself if you just knew where to look. I'll tell you where to look, where you can save up to 100% more money than you could at an auto parts store. That's rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto's prices are reliably low, and they have everything you need from brake pads, tail lamps, to motor oils, and even new carpets. I installed both of my new LED lights by using their unique catalog, finding the year, finding the model, and finding the low, low price to get them both into my car within a day. So they're super easy to explore, and you can just check it out on their website. Go visit rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Light, right, locked on in the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's break down this Mount Rushmore. Four of the most polarizing, I would say, greatest, I would argue. Definitely the most unique, charismatic presidents that we have ever had sit on a mountain in South Dakota. If you've never been, go. It is beautiful. It is amazing to see. I really wish they would have actually finished with the full idea. They never did. But George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln sit on that monument. I would say in order of relevancy... You would have Washington, the father of our country. You would then have Lincoln, because if he's always looking at you, you have Jefferson's head kind of stuck in the middle, and then Theodore Roosevelt's just right there. Hi, Teddy. So who are the four Mount Rushmores for Texas A&M football? It's tough, 
but it really isn't when you break it down. I really don't think so. So let's just start off with the George Washington. And a lot of people are going to probably give me slack for this one, but I don't really care. But it's John David Crow. Because without John David Crow, Texas A&M would not have a Heisman Trophy winner until 2012. So I take that into consideration, and to me, that says a lot. Everything he did when he was playing under Bear Bryant as part of the Junction Boys was incredible. In his final season in 1957, the Aggies opened up with eight straight wins and were ranked first in the AP poll. They lost their last three games in which would be, uh, you know, uh, ultimately Bear Bryant's final three games, but Crow was the best player on the field no matter the position he played. Every single bit, he was the best player. He started off the season with injuries, but he came back and he dominated. 562 rushing yards on 129 carries, six touchdowns. He also caught two passes, but uh, he also caught two passes. He threw five touchdowns and he played defense. Keep that in mind. He played defense. This is a time in the 1950s where college, the best 11 players were on the field. And sometimes you were a two-way player. John David Crow was a two-way player. He eventually won the Heisman Trophy. And Bear Bryant said, right before he won it, if John David Crow doesn't win the Heisman Trophy, they ought to stop giving it. Why is that? Because the Heisman Trophy goes to the best player in college football that year. It is a single award given to one player that year. The best player in college football was John David Crow. Without a doubt, it was John David Crow. Because every single step of the way that he was there, you had to deal with him. Yeah, you had to deal with a bunch of other players. He was the guy. You would have stopped number 44. Crow eventually won the Heisman. Uh, he was, uni- uh, not unanimously, but he uh, I know he won pretty close against, uh, it was a tackle, if I'm not mistaken, who came in second place. Yeah, it was um, Iowa tackle Alex Karras and uh, Michigan State halfback Walt Coswiak. Um, I think that's how you say it, right? Anyways, after that, he became the number two pick in the 1958 NFL Draft. He played for the Chicago and later St. Louis Cardinals from 1958 to 1964. Uh, he also played for the San Francisco 49ers from 1965 to 1968. Uh, he was a four-time Pro Bowler. He was a first-team uh, first team All-Pro twice. He was a second-team All-Pro once in 1960. He all uh, 62. He also was a member of the 1960s All-Decade Team. He also won multiple awards, including Sporting News Player of the Year and was unanimous All-American. For his career in the NFL, he rushed for 4,963 yards, 33 touchdowns, added 35 receiving touchdowns, plus 3,699 yards on his campaign. Overall, he finished with near 8,000 yards of offense during his NFL career and is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Without John David Crow, Texas A&M is not put on the map. Without John David Crow, he is able to expand his horizons. I very much believe that John David Crow is easily the George Washington, the face, the big face for Texas A&M football. Then you have Thomas Jefferson kind of on the inside. Well, kind of just following the same path, Johnny Manziel would take that award. Easily Johnny Manziel would. Because if you look at the modern era of college football, when you think of Texas A&M, your brain goes to one spot. It goes to Johnny Manziel. Easily. It easily goes to Johnny Manziel. Because Johnny Manziel was electric. 
Johnny Manziel made play after play after play, was dominant as a runner, had a consistent passing game. And again, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, he had Mike Evans to bail him out. He did. He also had a really good connection with Ryan Swoop in the middle. And they were able to connect for multiple games and multiple touchdowns. Manziel entered college football in the SEC in the very first year Texas A&M was part of the conference, and he racked it up. There was not a player more electric, there was not a player more dominant, and there was not a player who was more consistent in the highlight reels, the Johnny football. The reason why we compare, you know, or we talk about how these highlight players are, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Baker Mayfields, the Kyler Murrays, I'm not going to say that Johnny Manziel was a pioneer for it, but Johnny Manziel was a reason why these quarterbacks move so much, why these quarterbacks run a little bit more, why they are why their rushing statistics are now included in the battle for the Heisman. If Johnny Manziel does not win the Heisman, does Lamar? Does Baker? Does Kyler? Maybe. But I can tell you what. Without Johnny Manziel and what he was able to do during that 2012 season and in 2013, if we'll just be honest, because if he had a great year in 2013, you don't have these other quarterbacks probably be as successful as they are and win the awards that they do. That's what Johnny Manziel did. And he's the only other Heisman Trophy winner. So very similar, like the founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, both signed Declaration of Independence, both were presidents, both made their impact. More so, because of Washington's plans and what Washington wanted to do with the country, Jefferson made the move to do the Louisiana Purchase, which expanded our country. Texas A&M made the move to start Johnny Manziel, which expanded the revenue, which expanded the respect, and expanded the relevancy of Texas A&M college football. Johnny Manziel did that. So I think it's a perfect comparison. I think that's why it comes in right next to John David Crow on that list of Mount Rushmore. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar has nine unique flavors, and they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, plus with a soft nougat center, they're easy to choose. So whether you're in the mood for a caramel brownie, a coconut, a raspberry, or a cherry, make sure that you dive into that delectable chocolate that's made 100% real and covered in your favorite treat. The bars are easy to chew, but best of all, they're great for anybody on the keto diet because they're low in uh, calories, high in protein, high in fiber, and low in sugar, low in carbs as well. I start my day off every single morning with a peanut butter brownie bar, and it's 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and 19 grams of protein. You're not going to be able to find a product like this out on the shelves. Especially with 4th of July coming up, you'll want to look your best for the boat day, brah. Go ahead and visit BillBar.com and type in LOCKED15 to save 50% off your very next purchase. That's LOCKED15 at BillBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BillBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, you can get caught up on everything you need to know about everything going on in the sporting realm if you just listen to Locked On today. Peter Bukowski breaks down all major news coming out of college football, the NCAA new alignment, of course, the Stanley Cup, and the NBA final process as the playoffs are winding down. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Johnny Manziel and John David Crow easily take one and two, but who comes in at number three? This one to me is an easy one as well. It's that when. That when easily 
is the most productive defensive player Texas A&M has ever seen. And on top of that, he was not expected to be anything. When he was coming out of high school in, I want to say it was Rockport, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, when he was coming out of Rockport, Texas, he was just kind of there. He had offers, Michigan, UCLA, Notre Dame, Texas, Florida, but he wanted to play close to home, but he was never expected to be much. 5'11", 236 pounds. That was basically expected to be a rotational guy, big on special teams, make a few key plays. Boy, was everybody wrong. I mean, boy, was everybody wrong. As he left Texas A&M with the career holder with 51 consecutive starts, the career in tackles with 517, the career in tackles per game with 10.7, and it's a record of Texas A&M history that has not been broken. And it's I think it's top three or five in NCAA history for tackles. He's the only Aggie to lead the school in tackles for four consecutive years. And he was the face of the wrecking crew back when it was there in uh, two th- uh, in in the 1990s, back when the Southwest Conference was still a thing. He was the face of it. He was the Southwest Conference Defensive Player of the Year in his first year. He was an All-Big 12 twice. He was a, uh, a second-team All-Big 12 once. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was the MVP of the Cotton Bowl. He won the Chuck Bernardic Award, unanimous All-American, an All-Pro in the NFL, and a, uh, he made the All-Rookie team. Played from 1999 to 2005, all with the Dallas Cowboys. He suffered a neck injury, which ended his career. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, and he has been one of the best players in recent memory of Texas A&M, and he really is, in my opinion, kind of the forgotten one. That one is always forget, forgot about. Like, always. Kind of like Theodore Roosevelt and what he was able to do for this country, especially with westward expansion, especially uh, with the uh, Central America countries. What he did for our country. Same kind of thing. And then you have the last spot. And the last spot, there's an argument. I'll give you this. There is an argument for the last spot. I don't know if there's an argument for the first three, but there definitely is an argument for the last three. And it's between Von Miller... Miles Garrett, and Mike Evans. I'm going to give it to one, and I really probably should give it to this one, but I, I, it's tough. This is the tough one. If I'm giving it to one, though, am I including their NFL careers? Because if so, I can give it to two. If I'm just including their college careers, I can only give it to one. In the end, I I want to give it to Mike Evans. I want to give it to Mike Evans. But I have to give it to Von Miller. I just do. Von Miller, at college, was the most dominant defensive player for, I would say, at least two years. You can make an argument that he was the most dominant defensive player in the Big 12 for three. But, yeah, at least two years, he was the most dominant defensive player. Two years, in twenty in 2009, he had 21 tackles for losses, 17 sacks, uh, 31 total tackles. So most of those tackles were behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, 47 total tackles, my bad. Uh, still, most uh, over 50% of those tackles were behind the line of scrimmage. On top of that, following year, he switched positions. He stopped playing defensive end, played a hybrid standing nine technique, and his numbers were just as strong. 
17.5 tackles for losses, 68 total tackles on the year, 10.5 sacks. He finishes uh, sixth all-time in sacks. Uh, fifth all-time in sacks, my bad. Yeah, fifth all-time in sacks, only behind Keith Mitchell, John Roper, Jacob Green, and Aaron Wallace. And when you look at those numbers, he's actually not that far off uh, from th- th- uh, four of those guys. Uh, Aaron Wallace stands all-time at 42. Keith Mitchell comes in at 34. John Roper comes in at 35. And Jake Green comes in at 37. So he's almost right there. But then look at his NFL career. I mean, and, and I have to include that because there's no way I can't include his NFL career. Since coming in the league as the number two pick in 2011, four, five, six, seven double-digit sack seasons. He's one of two active players right now in the NFL with 100 sacks. J.J. Watt is the other. And he's played the exact same amount of time as Watt. Watt is consistently viewed as a high-end player, as a high-end name. Von Miller's kind of forgotten about in that sense, but he really shouldn't be. And he really isn't, but you get what I'm saying. He's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. There's only been three players to do that. They just had the third join them with Aaron Donald. Donald, so again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think when you look at what Von Miller brings, he's a three-time, seven-time total All-Pro. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. He won the Buckus Award in 2012 at the uh, at the NFL level. He won the Buckus Award at the college level. He's in the 100 Sacks Club, which is a huge deal. And here's how big of a deal it is. There's only 35 players in the NFL who have ever reached that deal. As I mentioned, J.J. Watt and Von Miller are the only two active. Miller actually is beating J.J. Watt in sacks 106 versus 101. Ultimately, if he can play, and again, he's right now 32 years old, probably got about three more years left of really solid production, I would say he could probably reach that same level as Robert Mathis, maybe even you go up to Lawrence Taylor level, which is 132 sacks. He's at 106. If he can have three years of double-digit sacks, yeah, he'd make that level. I think for sure he can finish top 20 all-time right around where Simeon Rice did 122 total sacks in his NFL career absolute stud of a player and goes on in history as probably the greatest pass rusher from the collegiate and NFL level to represent the 12th man. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss something else about Texas A&M, but until then, see you soon. And remember, kick him, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.